Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 1. Let's begin. Let's dive into God's ocean. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Let's read together one to go. Only confidence is there. Okay, it's on the screen. Read it one to go. Uh-huh. Look at it. It says, now faith is the substance. The substance. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of unseen realities. How can you tell me I have the evidence of what I cannot see? <laughs> Does that make any sense? Makes no sense. Makes no natural sense, but it makes spiritual sense. Because every of God's revelation, he had the evidence first before he saw it. Until you have the evidence, you will never see it. If you see it first before evidence, that's error. That's spiritual error. You must first have the evidence in your spirit then before you see it. Faith is the evidence of the unseen. For instance, if somebody takes you to a plot of land and tells you, this is my land, is that the evidence? Is that the evidence? What's the evidence? The title deed, the papers. The Bible says faith is the document, the title deeds of things hoped for, the evidence of unseen realities. Faith is the title deed, the document. Listen, if you show somebody the papers of a land, tell the person, I have this property, right? Even if the person does not see it, you have the evidence. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Listen, I'm going somewhere. So our evidence in faith is the title deed of God, which is the word of God. That's our evidence, really. Whatever God has said in his word is our proof. Is our proof. For instance, I asked somebody, I said, how do you know you're born again? When the day you got born again, how did you know you're born again? Who knows? Did you grow fatter? Or you grew slimmer? Or you became handsome? Or more beautiful? What happened to you? In fact, maybe as you left the church, you went back with the same problems. How do you know you're saved? Is it because you said a prayer? Listen, the reason why you know you're saved is because of the word of God. The word of God is my evidence. Say the word of God is my evidence. What the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, it says, it says, if thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God had raised him from the dead, it says, thou shalt be saved. It says with the heart, verse 10, it says with the heart, man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So that means when I decree and declare, I say, Father, I'm born again, I'm a child of God. The word of God says, if I confess that, he said, it is mine in the name of Jesus. Are you seeing that? So the moment I've confessed the voice of faith, that's my proof. That's my evidence. Can you say amen? I said, can you say amen? Now verse 2, it says, For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Listen, everything you see today came out of the invincible. That means just because you cannot see doesn't mean it's not real. For instance, there's radio waves in this room right now. There's TV waves in this room right now. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. There's even air in this room. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean there's no air in this room. Are you seeing that? Because faith is the proof. Faith is the evidence of the unseen realities, of the, seen, on, on, of the unseen things. So it means that, listen, God, think about it. How did God create sand? Sand came out of the invisible. Sand came out 
of the spirit realm and God made it into the physical. Listen, anything you want in your life as a child of God, you must first receive it by faith before it comes into manifestation. Can you say amen? I said, can you say amen? I said, can you say amen? <laughs> Listen, for instance, if you are saying, oh God, oh God, oh God, I need 200,000 naira. If you have not received it by faith, you will not get it. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus taught. Mark, Mark 11, 23. Let's go there. Mark eleven twenty three. Mark eleven twenty three. It says, verse twenty three. It says, "For surely I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done." He will have whatsoever he says. Did you see what he said? Before you have it, you must do what? According to your Bible. Before you have it, you must do what? Huh? <laughs> you did not read your Bible. Let's read it again. You will see it by yourself. Want to go read? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Some of you did not read. Why are you not reading? Let's read again. Go back. I want to hear your voice very clear. Want to go read? Better. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. He shall what? So, I said, I asked a question. I said, before you have it, what are you supposed to do? Before you have what are you supposed to do? <laughs> some people say, please, some people say, see. <laughs> he said, you shall have whatsoever you see. Are you seeing that? Because the spirit of faith believes, speaks. Once you believe the word of God, you speak it. You speak it, and until you speak it, you will have it. That's how you got saved. It's the principle. You did not get saved because you believed. First, you believed in the gospel, right? That's why maybe they told you to come forward. You believed the message. You came forward. Then they said, say this together with me. Now you are proclaiming. You are confessing the word of God. Are you following? Once you confess the word, it became yours. Salvation became yours. That's the same way you receive healing. That's the same way you receive prosperity. That's the same way you receive the Holy Spirit. Every time I get people feel the Holy Spirit, the same way. First, they believe the message. First, I tell them, say together with me. The next thing, they are filled with the Spirit. The next thing, speaking in tongues at the same time. The same way. And listen, if you can be saved, there's nothing you cannot receive from God. Because the thing that caused God everything was salvation. It caused God his own son. Think about it. What is bigger than giving your own son out? For him to die for people who did not even know they have even seen him in the first place. <laughs> Glory to God. How Jesus loves us so much. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I said, Praise God. First Peter chapter 1, verse 8. First Peter 1, 8.
First Peter 1 8. Let's read together. I want to go. Let's read. Want to go? Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Now follow this carefully. Remember, Peter saw Jesus physically. Remember that, right? Now, do you know that most of the time, when people see people in the flesh, they disregard them because. They are not seeing them for who they really are. So Peter, James, John, I mean, even John would put his head on Jesus' shoulder. They didn't know that this was the Son of God. They didn't really take him really serious. In fact, when Jesus was saying things like he would bring down this temple and put it back in three days, he was talking about himself that he would die and come back to life. <laughs> they say, what is this, this man talking? Why? Because they saw him in the flesh. I mean, Jesus was a baby. He grew up like a, I'm sure he crawled the ground. He crawled like a baby. And then he even pulled. They had to clean him up. And then he had to grow up. He had to even learn how to talk. Jesus had to learn all these things. So they saw, I mean, think about the people who carried. How can somebody say, I'm carrying God? I'm not seeing God. Somebody's carrying God and say, this is God I'm carrying. <laughs> so all of these things, we made them disregard him and say, no, 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 he can't really be God. Until he died. And then, they saw the same person who died. In fact, three days was gone. They said, Kai, this, he said, how can the Son of God die? How can you say you can kill God? Nobody can kill God. Can God die? So how come the Son of God died? Didn't make any sense. That was why the disciples, once Jesus died, the Bible said they ran away for their life. They disappeared. There's not a record of one disciple that after Jesus died, they saying, in three days, he will come back alive. In three days, not one. All of them disappeared for their life. They went to hiding. Until the third day, this man came out of the grave alive. Without the agency of a man. Nobody went there to pray for him to come back alive. In fact, they even put guards at the tomb. Nobody could enter the tomb. Because, in fact, the, 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 the Pharisees even believed Jesus Christ more than his own disciples. That's why they put bodyguards. So that they would not go and say that they stole his body and he came back alive. They don't want any mistake. They put guards that were watching the place four times a day. Four, four groups. Sixteen soldiers. Watching the place 24-7. So that nobody will come by mistake to come and take his body. And claim that Jesus Christ has come out of the grave. They were sure about this. Guess what? The power, the Bible said that Jesus Christ was raised by the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost landed on that place. All the soldiers passed out. All of them. And the angel opened the tomb. One angel opened it. And Jesus Christ came out alive. In fact, when John entered the tomb, John saw his clothes that he used to wrap him. He was wrapped. Showing you that he was not in a hurry. He, he came out gently. No hurry. He folded the clothes back and put it there. The Bible says that when the woman went to go and tell the disciples. You know what the disciples said? They didn't say, ah, this is real. You know what they said? They said, you women that have said this, you're rubbish talk. That's what they told Mary. They said, Mary, keep quiet. Shut up your mouth. How can you say I come out of the grave? Mary said, come and see. So they just said, let, let us just follow this woman and go and see what she's talking about. They followed. Peter ran. John ran. All of them were running to the tomb. When they got there, no soldier. When they got there, tomb was open. When they entered, they did not see Jesus' body there because Jesus had left this already. Guess what? They saw. Bible says that John saw and believed. 
The disciples, they have to see first to believe. We don't need to see to believe. That's why Jesus told um, the doubting Thomas, we call him doubting Thomas, the God Jesus told Thomas, he says, you, you want to see me first before you believe. He said, but blessed are they which have not yet seen, he said, but believe. And now he says that, put my Bible verse back, First Peter 1, 8. I was explaining something. It says, whom having not seen, you love. Are you seeing that? How many of you have seen Jesus in the flesh before? You've seen him before in the flesh, not in the spirit, in the flesh. None of you. Good. It says, whom have you not seen? He said, you love. He says, though now you do not see him, yet believe in. He said, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. It is even better for us not to see him physically. Because when you see him physically, you disregard him. It's better to not see him and believe. Now, let's look at this the other way. You rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory when you have not seen him, yet believe him. Glory to God. Your joy will be full when you believe without sin. If you are waiting to see faith before you believe, that is not faith. Are you hear what I'm saying? Listen, God can ensure that every day angels come to your room every morning, afternoon, and then I come and tell you, I love you. I care about you. I want to bless you. God can, can do it. He can even write your name on the clouds every day. And the clouds will be seeing your, your, your name. You'll see your name on the clouds every day. In fact, God can send birds to you to be sending you love message every day. But that is not faith, brother. That is not faith. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sensory perceptions, not by sight, not by what we see, not by what we feel, not by what we hear, not by what we are moved by. It says we walk by faith. Can you say amen? Because God is a faith God. God is a faith God. Tell somebody God is a faith God. Say it again. Say God is a faith God. Say it again. Say God is a faith God. Second Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 7. Second Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 7. It says, but we have this treasure in 13 verses, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. It says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always crying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Verse 11. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then, death is working in us, but life in you. Glory to God. Now verse 13, let's read together. I want to go. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. We also, uh-huh. So that's the principle of faith. Faith believes and speaks. If you really believe what you say you believe, you will speak it out of your mouth. Are you seeing that? Listen, there are two kinds of people. There are people that are prosperous and don't believe it. There are people that are prosperous and believe it. <laughs> you hear what I said, right? I said what? There are what? Two kinds of people. Those that are prosperous and don't believe it. Those that are prosperous and believe it. So it means that just because you are doesn't mean you will. Just because you have it doesn't mean you will see it. Just because you have it doesn't mean you will enjoy it because faith is the spiritual download of everything that God has given by grace. Grace is God's unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor of God. Faith is a positive response 
is the positive response to what God has already provided by grace. Hello? That means faith is the response of the human spirit to the word of God. Write it down. Faith is the response of the human spirit to the word of God. Faith is the response of the human spirit to the word of God. And faith also is the positive response of what God has already provided by grace. So whatever God has given to you by grace, respond to it positively. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Did you, did you write it down? Or should I say it again? Should I rewind? Should I rewind or fast forward? I should rewind. Okay, let me say it again. I said faith is the response of the human spirit to the word of God. And, and faith is the positive response to what God has provided by grace. Do you have it now? Glory to God. He says, I believe and therefore spoke. He said, we also believe and therefore speak. Hallelujah. Now verse 16. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, he says, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Listen and listen very carefully. There is the outward man and there is the inward man. Look at yourself, right? What you can see in the mirror is the outward man. Are you following? There's a man inside that you cannot see with your two eyes, physically. It's called the inward man. That's the human spirit. The human spirit can only be seen with the mirror of God, which is the word of God. God's word is your mirror. Because, let me tell you what a mirror does. A mirror does not change you. Are you following? A mirror shows who you really are. A mirror reflects what is seen. So, if there's something on your... There's something on your... On your the mirror will not remove it. Is that correct? You can look at it and say, ah, mirror, take it out now. The mirror will just be showing you exactly what you're seeing until you take it off and the mirror will show you that it's gone. That's why you see most of you, you spend time in the mirror looking at yourself and show your hair is well done and so you're looking nice, show everything is looking good. Sometimes you even dress and look yourself in the mirror. Some people do like this, snap picture. Why? The mirror is showing you who you really are. God's word is the mirror for your inward man. Are you seeing that? Not the newspaper, not the doctors, not the school teachers, not them. God's word is the mirror for your human spirit. God's word shows you who you really are. For instance, God said to Gideon, he says, man of valor. The guy looked around. Who is he talking about? He didn't get it. But God's word was showing you you are a man of valor. The guy wasn't seeing it until God had to raise him and bring him up. To be exactly what the mirror is seeing. But here's the beauty about God's mirror that is different from human mirror. In God's mirror, when you see God's mirror, when you see yourself in God's mirror, it transforms you. That's the beauty. And it changes you from glory to glory. God's mirror has the capacity to transform you and to bring you into the exact picture of what God has in mind about you. Can you say amen? That's why you must keep hearing God's word continuously continuously. In fact, if God's word is in your spirit continuously, you will just realize that things are changing your life effortlessly. Effortlessly. It's called effortless change. Change you didn't have to struggle for because God's word has a transformative power. Hallelujah. Now let's continue. It says, therefore, verse 16, 
Second Corinthians four sixteen. Second Corinthians four sixteen. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Verse seventeen. Let's read together. One to go. Kavayadi. <laughs> Glory to God. Listen, whatever affliction you are going through in your life is called a light affliction. Say it's light affliction. <laughs> you didn't hear what I said. I said whatever you are going through in your life, you must call it, this is a light affliction. Say it. Says you are a light affliction. Yes. Even if, listen, because you need to understand the man writing this thing. This man was about to be killed. He says, all the things we go through in this life is but for a light affliction. And it says it's but for a moment. So you tell somebody, whatever I'm going through is a light affliction and it's but for a moment. And look at the next thing that will happen. It says, it's working for you a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That means this situation you're going through, this affliction you're going through, is going to work for you something that would reach eternity, something that will exceed, something that will be loaded with glory. That's why I tell people, the greater your problem, the greater your testimony. Can you say amen, somebody? Somebody say, I'm passing through this. Yes, the problem came to pass. Did you hear? You didn't hear it, right? The problem came to, to, to pass. So you say, I'm going through this. Yes, didn't you hear the Bible? The Bible says, though you walk through, though you walk through, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you shall fear no evil. That means you are passing through it to come out of it. Can you say amen? And guess what? Every time you go through problems, every time you go through challenges, afflictions, you come out better, you come out stronger, you come out with exceeding an eternal weight of glory. How does it happen? It says, look at the next, because notice there's a comma, so it's not done. It says, why? We look not at the things which are seen. It says, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? But the things which are not seen are what? Listen, anything I can see is subject to change. Is subject to change. Anything you can see with your two eyes, tell the thing it is what? Subject to change. It's not forever because it is not eternal. Eternal things are things you cannot see. And he says, listen, if you can see a chair, that chair is temporal. If you can see a car, that car is temporal. But the one in your spirit is eternal. He says, we don't look at the things which appear. He says, why we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. When you look at your bank account and you are seeing the figure, look at it, say this account is subject to change. Why? Because you can see with your two eyes. There's one you cannot see with your two eyes. You can only see it with your spirit. Listen, your, the human spirit has its own eyes. It has its own eyes. That's why some people can see with their two eyes, but they are blind in the spirit. Your eyes can see in the spirit realm. And you've got to see what God is seeing. Praise God. And when you see what God is seeing, you believe it, you speak it out, it is yours by the power of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? It says, one will look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. Say, whatsoever I'm seeing, say, whatsoever I'm seeing, and whatever affliction it is, is but for a moment and is temporary. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you realize that when you read the book of Job, all the problems Job went through was only for nine months. 
all the chapter 1, 2, 3, 4 to 42, nine months. But for a moment, and you see the stories upon stories upon stories upon stories, how he had boys, how his children died, how this happened to him. But when the guy bounced back, it worked for him an eternal and exceeding weight of glory. Hallelujah. Listen, whatever thing you're going to have in your life tomorrow, you must see it now. I say you must see it now. I hear what I'm telling you. You know, I remember in, in university days, in, when I was in university, we used to speak words because we understood the gift of prophecy. And prophecy is a gift of the Spirit. And every Christian should use the gift of prophecy. With the gift of prophecy, you can bring yourself out of poverty and take yourself to prosperity. You can bring yourself out of the grief and come out alive. I'm telling you. Because prophecy is, Bible says that the word was framed by the word of God. How did God create this earth? By words. Words, and you've got to understand the genetics of words. The audacity of words. Words can change anything. You know, um, there, was a, there was a scientist, I'll tell you a scientist, a Japanese scientist. He was testing out the power of words. I'll listen to this very, very carefully. So, he, he, he did um. He did what is called freezing analysis. So he took ice block, right? He freeze them to a particular temperature. Water. Talking of water, right? So he, he took two, two different waters. Then there's this particular water. He started talking to this water. You are beautiful. You are lovely. You are awesome. He started speaking beautiful words to this water, this um, crystals, this um, water. And he put it in the freezer for it to freeze very well. Then there is other one again. Instead of saying you are useless, you are deformed, nothing good is coming out of you. Instead of speaking bad words to the same water. He brought the two out of the same lab. The same lab. He checked the crystals of this water. The, this ice block formed beautiful crystals. Wonderful crystals. The other one, the crystals were deformed. Listen, this is not a man with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, he's a scientist. He was testing out the power of words. He's not a man that is born again. A scientist. He was showing the power of words, what words can do. And then guess what? He tried that first. He was amazed. He tried again with music. So he did the same, the same thing. He brought out nice music, beautiful music, calm music, nature music. He played for the water. And then he tried some bad music with terrible lyrics inside. Which word can I use again? All kinds of terrible music, playing for the Christian. The same thing happened. Then he understood the power of words. Listen, even doctors know this. That's why you meet a doctor, any doctor that is wise. We are talking negative, we'll stop you and start talking positive. Why? Because whatever you see, every cell in your body will respond to it. Every cell in your body will respond to it. If you are feeling symptoms in your body, don't say, Kai, this is the one to kill me. Ah! You say, out of my body in Jesus' name. You must say, say I walk in divine health 24-7 every day of my life. Somebody say, somebody say, how you feel? Say, I'm under the weather. No, we rise above the weather. You are not under the weather. Say, I refuse to be under the weather. I'm on top of the weather. Listen, whatever is sinking you, Jesus Christ is walking on top of it. The same, the same water that was sinking the disciples, the same boats that they were struggling with, the same boat that they were about to die inside. Jesus Christ was walking on top of the same problem, the same situation. 
<laughs> and he was not running. He was walking on top of the water. Hallelujah. And then when Peter saw him, Peter said, that's a ghost. How can someone be walking on water? Because they've never seen it before. Listen, Jesus Christ is of a different breed. And you hear what I'm telling you? When Moses got to the Red Sea, right? What did Moses do? God said, stretch your hand over the water. He says, and divide it. And what he did, what happened? He put it down over the water, raised his rod, spoke the word of God, and the water split in two. And they walked on dry ground. Hello? When he got to Elisha's stone, after Elijah had gone and took his mantle, he says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? He took the mantle of Elijah and hid it on the water, River Jordan. And River Jordan split in two. So Elisha also did the same thing that Moses did. He put the water in two and walked on dry ground. Hallelujah. The same thing that um, Judah also did, the tribe of Judah, they did the same thing. They took their horse. As they entered the water, the water split in two. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But when Jesus came, he didn't split the water. He didn't do any magic. He walked on top of the water. Kavarade. I said Jesus is a different order, a different breed. And we are from that same breed. I said Jesus came to do something new in our life. And he says, while we look not at the things which are seen, Jesus was not looking at the water. He was looking at his faith. And listen, Peter said, Master, if it is you, he says, tell me to come. What did Peter do? Jesus said, come. And Peter came. Why? Because Peter responded to the word. When he heard the word come, he walked on top of the word. And guess what? Because he walked on the word, he started walking on water. The same Peter. What Jesus was doing, Peter was doing the same thing. Walking on water. And then Peter began to look at the scene. He started seeing the wind. He started seeing the, everything happening. He said, no, no, no. It can't be me walking on water. And he started to sink in the ground. Why? Because he started to observe his environment. He started to observe the things he's seen around him. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. And then Peter, Jesus picked him up, carried him to the river, put him back on the sea. And here's the one that men don't know. Jesus and Peter walked back to the boat on water. <laughs> Glory to God. Even with all his doubt and everything, Jesus restored his doubt, restored his faith, carried him up, and they walked back to the boat on the water. Can you say amen? amen. Say, I refuse to look at the scene. Stop looking at, at the things you're seeing. Stop looking at your environment. Stop looking at, say, oh, there's no money. Oh, um, I, I don't have connection. Oh, my, my family background is not good enough. Oh, um, this city where I am is not, is not the place to know. Stop, stop looking at the scene. Tell somebody, stop looking at the scene. You know, Elisha said to Gehazi, he says, they that are for us are more than they that are here. Gehazi said, I don't understand what you're talking about. He says, Lord, open his eyes. Why? Elisha's eyes did not need to be opened. He was blind. He says, open his eyes. And God opened his eyes. And he saw something. He saw the invincible. The mighty chariots around them, they were more than the ones you can see with your two eyes. Gehazi, calm down. If you can see in the spirit, there will be no need to worry. There's one song, they should say, they, they should say that, wow, wow, all right. Say, no need to worry. You'll be all right. No need to worry. Tell somebody, no need to worry. You'll be all right. In fact, they say, this, they say, they say, this, this, wow, wow, all right. You'll be all right. No need to worry. What? Listen. Jesus said that with all your worry, can you 
Can you, can you change, can you even grow a strand of hair with your worry? Will your worry change your hairstyle? Eh? Or will it bob your hair for you? Or will it, your worry really increase your height? Or make you fatter? Or reduce you? Worry is this, listen, listen and listen and listen very carefully. If nicotine will kill you half of your life, hmm, worry will kill you. Worry is more dangerous than smoking. Worry is more dangerous than drugs. Worry is more dangerous than alcohol. You don't understand. Worry is, the, is, is, is terrible. Terrible. That's why the Bible says, casting all your cares on the Lord for a cares for you. It says, be anxious for nothing. It says, but in everything but prayer and supplication, it says, let your request be made known unto God. I says, and the God of peace will garrison your heart and mind. Can you say amen, somebody? Amen. So refuse, tell somebody, refuse to worry. I said, tell somebody, refuse to worry. Okay, don't tell somebody, tell yourself. Say, I refuse to worry. Say, I refuse to worry. Say, he said, I will carry all the worry. Say, I will carry all the cares. And I will throw it to Jesus. Listen, once you throw it to him, that is all. Because Jesus said that my body is light and is, is light. Jesus, once he touches that thing, it is done forever. Hallelujah. Listen, your language must change. Refuse to talk lack. Refuse to talk defeat. Refuse to talk fear. Refuse to talk worry. Your language must change. Because this, the, these are the, the, it's called the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith does not voice out his environment. It only voices out the word of God. Can you say amen? That was why somebody can come to Jesus and say, Master, my daughter is dead. Jesus says, refuse to fear. You say, your daughter is sleeping. <laughs> they say, this man has started again. Which one is sleeping? Now, somebody that has no life inside. They are touching the dead body. No life inside. They say he's sleeping. And guess what? He proved what he said. When he entered the room, they were crying. Maybe they were even hired criers. Or who used to hire people to cry? They were crying. Ah, ah, our daughter is dead. God, help us. Oh, oh, why did the devil do this to us? Why did God allow this to happen? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, our life is finished. Oh, this daughter has spent money on all the things they are saying. Listen, God does not respond to cry. God responds to faith. If your cry is not a cry of faith, it's useless cry. If you are crying because it's a cry of faith, it's good cry. So even crying, there are two types of cry. Cry of fear and cry of faith. Can you say amen? So if you know your cry is not a cry of faith, don't cry. Don't cry. If you're not crying because the Spirit of God is moving you to cry, don't cry. Don't be crying out of fear. When Jesus entered the house, see, when you enter an environment and there are negative people around you, send them out of your environment. When Jesus entered the room, he says, please, all these people that are crying, all these uh, rich cry, please, let them go out. Because if they stayed in that room, I'm telling you, that girl will remain dead. That atmosphere was not necessary. He sent them out of the room. And Jesus said, where is the, the, the father? The father was there. Because the father believed that his daughter would be fine. And Jesus said, damsel. He says, daughter, he says, wake up. Wake up. And life came into her. And she came out of the, she came out from the sleep. Glory to God. That's why, as a born again Christian, we don't die; we sleep, because we are translated from this realm to a different realm. So that's why Bible says, "Don't cry, as those that don't have hope." 
if your mother has ever died before, your father has died before, your friend, your sibling, and they are born again, you are going to see them again. So rejoice because they are in eternity and they are in a place that cannot be touched by hands of man. These are places of God. So don't be, you know, Christians are saying, oh, Father, I want to make heaven. I want to make heaven. You want to make heaven, Abby? And then the day God said, come home. Ah, God, I don't want to go. <laughs> Glory to God. Christ has come to free us from the fear of death. The fear of death haunts human beings everywhere. In their families, in their homes. But Christ has come to free us from the fear of death. Refuse to fear. Hmm? I said refuse to fear. In, 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 the, in the New Testament, raising the dead is allowed. Even if the dead person went to hellfire, I will bring them back to life so that they will go to heaven. It's possible. As long as you can exercise your faith for that, it will happen. Sometimes, listen, for me, I feel that people need to raise from there, people that are going to hell. Raise them from there so that they can give their life to Christ and go to heaven. Because if they have gone to hell, they have gone to eternal damnation. That's the worst place to be. Because, listen, hell is a temporal place. Are you know what I'm saying? Hell is a what? There's a place bigger than hell. It's called the lake of fire. Hell will be taken and be put inside the lake of fire. She'll tell you how small hell is. Lake of fire is bigger. And that's why that one, the fire does not quench. Nothing starts the fire, nothing stops the fire. And, it, and the way it burns, it burns on a volcano. In fact, when the rich man who ignored Lazarus entered hell, he said, Abraham said, just a drop of, just drop of water. Abraham said, no, there's no way. We can't reach that place. Even though we are in the spirits, the distance is too long. We can't go to that place. He said, ah! He said, please go and tell my brothers that they should not come to this place. Moses said, that one, he had no business with that. But the, the poor guy, Lazarus, was in Abraham's bosom, enjoying life in a different way. Glory to God. Say, I refuse to be moved by what I see. Say, I refuse to be moved by what I see. Yes, yes. If you see symptoms in your body, the doctor is telling you something that is seen in your body through his telescopes, through his um, test tubes, whatever he's seen, right? I refuse to see what he's seen. I see what God is seeing. And God's word says, by his stripes, I was healed. I am the healed of the Lord, and I walk in divine health all the days of my life. Why? Because Christ died and took, he bore my sickness, he carried my sickness and my disease, and laid upon himself for me not to carry it anymore. So I will not carry any sickness in my life in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? amen. Listen, you must take this thing seriously because you are, life is very spiritual. And listen, the earth is inside the spirit realm. I always say it all the time. The earth is not in a physical place and the spirit is no. The earth is inside the spirit realm. It is the physical part of the spirit realm. So you are inside the spirit realm. Are you seeing that? That's why it's easy for spirit things to happen around the environment. Somebody will tell you that this person just got blind overnight. How? How? You think it's normal? And so when this person's leg was, if I the one time my, my, my father's leg, probably you know my dad, my father used to swell in the house. Just swell like that. They went to the doctor. They're not seeing anything inside. The leg was just swelling. So people say it's meningitis, uh, what do they call that thing? Yeah? Elephantiasis. But it was not. It was not. It was swelling. But thank God they knew how to pray. And they reversed it. And today it's working fine. 
has done something that never explained that in his life. I remember when I was young, that happened to him. And he came out of it, walking, today he's walking on his two legs. In fact, when you see the leg, you'll never know anything happened. Except you look at it very, very closely, you'll see the difference between the two legs. Glory to God. I said, refuse to walk by what you see. And listen, anything that happens in your life, don't judge it first physically. Are you know what I'm saying? Because listen, the devil can kill a person with headache. Headache is enough for him to kill a person. Headache. Malaria. Malaria has killed millions of people in this year alone. More than 10 million people have died from malaria in this world, I'm telling you. Some of you go to hospital, you just take drugs, you are fine. If I tell you malaria is A plus, 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 you just go to hospital, you are fine. People are dying from malaria. Why? Because the devil just needs something to attack you. So you've got to judge things spiritually and address it spiritually. Once it's addressed spiritually, it will be settled in the spirit. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Wow. Can you imagine? We're out of time. <laughs> anyway, that's why we'll continue next week. Praise God. I said praise God. Can you stand to your feet this morning? Open your mouth and pray this morning. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself now. Pray for yourself now. I want you to decree and declare in your life today that God's word is changing you forever. Say, I refuse to see the sin and I only see the unseen. I see God's word as the mirror for my life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Open your mouth and pray now. Open your mouth and pray. Let God hear your voice this morning. Talk to your father this morning. Say, God's word is growing in my heart like never before. It's growing in my spirit like never before. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, I'm getting glorious. I'm getting more glorious. I'm getting more glorious. I'm getting more glorious. I'm getting more glorious. I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's word is growing in my heart. Growing in my heart every day. The word of God is working for me. Producing results for me. The word of God is fruitful in my life. Every prophecy that God has spoken concerning me, I shall see the manifestation of them in this life, in this life, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. No death comes around my area, no sickness comes around my area, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I come against demonic activities, I come against the powers of darkness, I come against the rulers of the principality of this world, I come against them, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they have no place around me, they have no place around me, in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Lift up your hands everywhere. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I invoke the activities of angels to work for them throughout this month. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they will cause every of God's blessing to come to their life. In the mighty name of Jesus, everything that is a, a portion for you in Christ Jesus, I bring them to your location right now in the realm of the spirit in the mighty name of the lord jesus 
you are experiencing a supernatural shift in your mind in your business in your job the lord is increasing you like never before in the name of the lord jesus christ no weapon from the gates you shall prosper a thousand will fall at your side ten thousand at your right hand but it will not come near you say in the name of jesus I come against sickness. I come against the principles of darkness. Get out of your bodies now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are healed. You are strong. You are strengthened by the power of the Holy Ghost. Say, I've entered a new level. Say, I've entered a new level. Say, I've entered a new level in the spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen, somebody? Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Can we have Pastor Jennifer to take our offering in tithes? Put your hands together for Jesus. May have your seats in God's presence. Package your titan of free as we give unto the Lord. We will be taking our offering from the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 24. It says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds, but comes to poverty. Praise the Lord. As you give this morning, I want you to give cheerfully unto the Lord. Give with a joyful heart, and you will be blessed. You know, one thing with giving is, many people feel, um, there's this mentality, if you want to be the blessed one, then you give. So this morning, I want you to put up a cheerful face, a cheerful mind, and you give unto the Lord cheerfully. Rise on your feet as you give our offering unto the Lord. Father, I thank you for this offering. I give you all the praise. I give you all the things. Father, as we give unto you, may it be acceptable unto you. Father, whatever be it our need or be it whatever we have tagged this offering for, Father, may we receive our answer in the name of Jesus. Cast your offering with joy. Remain blessed.
Welcome to Epicenter Church. May I crave your indulgence. Please remind you that our Sunday experience still remains 8 a.m. every Sunday. And all church workers are expected.